episodes for a long time. There's been just an absolute shit ton going on in my life. I moved from Mexico to Nashville. I was, took me about six months to like really get settled here. And here I am. And and then I was, you know, I've just been working and finding my new groove and things are going great. So I wanted to drop back into this practice of podcasting. Pretty soon, Eric and I, if you've been waiting on Doth Your Book episodes, that should be getting started again in the next couple of months. And today I have been, so there's been a lot of changes in my life personally. First of which I feel like is the most major is I am like now fully committed to sobriety. That doesn't mean that I think that that's like the only way to be healing yourself for me. That was the next step. I hadn't smoked weed for almost a year and then I had like a relationship fall apart and we're sort of saying goodbye to each other. I smoked weed with him and that, you know, it activated a lot of stuff in me and I hadn't drank for, well, I haven't had a drink for a few months, um, four months. And I fortunately didn't drink. However, smoking the weed just felt like this I don't even want to call it a relapse, but I mean, it's what it was. That's what it was. And I decided then and there, like, I need to start going to meetings where I can be supported in the process of, you know, capital R recovery. But AA has brought up, so I have a few things I want to talk about in the podcast today. We're going to talk first, or I'm going to talk first about the spirituality and redefining that that I've been going through as I enter this program. So if you've ever, if you're familiar with AA at all, you probably know that the first step is admitting you're an alcoholic and also that it has this spiritual element where you're supposed to surrender yourself to a higher power and like admit that you're powerless over your addiction and that you require a higher power's help to remove your desires. This was so hard for me because I have always considered myself a spiritual person. At least I have since my early twenties and I started going through like my spiritual awakening that I talked about in my book, Meditations for Party Girls, which is out now, by the way, I'll probably do a little ad roll for that. Um, I, when I like discovered and started really cultivating spirituality in myself, the whole point was to control my circumstances not and to understand them and to manipulate them and certainly not to fully surrender you know i have studied a lot of esoteric practices yoga um magic witchcraft different occultisms and tarot all these things are like the way i've been treating them hasn't been so much to give myself to a higher power and be like, thy will be done. And I'm going to serve the greater good of consciousness 
and sacrifice my own self-will and my own selfish desires, my own egos. It's like, how do I manifest what I want in the world with witchcraft, you know? Or like, how do I figure out what this person is thinking through my dreams and tarot? And this has been a really humbling experience to go into AA. And I'm really grateful that like my actual cravings for alcohol have been pretty low. I don't necessarily think about, I'm just like, I was so sick of drinking by this point that I'm like, fine, whatever. Um, but my desire for that validation from outside sources and other things that I've been craving in my life, like certainty have been so just rubbed the wrong way by the program right away. And in a way that I'm like really accepting of and really grateful for, but that make me cry, you know, that like make me actively upset and feel that inner child come up and want to throw an absolute fit. And that's the part right now where it's like, I have to let go of control. I am not someone that felt like a lot of my needs were met growing up. As far as like food, shelter, water, and basic things, absolutely they were met. I actually came from, you know, quite a bit of privilege financially, like economically. However, I mean, we weren't like loaded or anything, but we were, we were middle class and that was comfortable. But there was a lot of just mental illness, abuse, addictions, abandonment, whatever, what have you, all that, all the good stuff. And my role in my family became to be a caretaker and someone who was always putting others' needs before their own, my own. And, you know, that's a lot of people who end up being massage therapists and healers are like this in their families because it's something we develop a really strong ability to do as a survival tool and also as a way of like validating our existence because we get we, the only way we can get validation from others and appreciation is to serve their needs so that creates a little bit of a conundrum when you start to lead a really like a truly spiritual life because there's this tendency for you know, I read a book like AA or I, I listen to the sometimes like a male podcaster who, and I don't want to characterize it as a gender, but, or someone who's just wasn't raised in that, like that wasn't their coping mechanism was to serve other people. And, and it's not just people pleasing. I really mean like, even if like you could be truly doing some profoundly healing work in your family, it's not just about like trying to make everyone happy all the time. It's like, I will sacrifice anything I don't even have needs anymore like my life is not even valuable um I'll be listening to people sometimes or reading literature where people are talking about you know this crux of spirituality being about serving other people and not serving yourself and now at this stage in my development when I've had to work really hard to reclaim my autonomy and not throw all my needs out the window immediately as soon as I meet someone I like or see someone who's suffering oh my god it rubs me the wrong way it just I it's so hard to reconcile still those like how do I both have boundaries and completely love and honor and respect myself all the time and really prioritize and honor my needs and also serve others above myself like that seems like a total paradox right so that's been something I've been working through. I don't have a single answer about that, by the way. I'm just 
putting these things out there in case anyone relates and you know I'm working through it the way I see it and I don't I don't have any answers per se but the way I see it right now is that I'm starting to break down the difference between serving my higher self and serving my ego serving my ego means trying to get what I want serving my higher self means trying to elevate the vibration of the universe and doing that with love, compassion, and care towards all beings. And that includes myself. I used to say as a massage therapist towards the end of my career, I realized at one point I was taking so much pain on from my clients, like in my own physical body, that I was no longer changing the amount of pain in the world. I wasn't transmuting anything. I was just moving their pain from... I was moving pain from their body to my body. And that ultimately doesn't change. That's not transcendence. That's just being a martyr. And at this point, I don't necessarily want to go too far in either direction as far as serving myself or serving others. I'm trying to stay like right on the middle path. And that's where surrender comes in because it's like I just have to asked every morning, every night, throughout the day, what my guides, what the universe, you know, what are the birds telling me right now? What are the signs? What are, what's my intuition? What is my higher self whispering to me? And if I don't know, or if I can't see, like actually just being able to remain sort of calm and silent and just doing the next best thing, as they say. And so that's a bit of what I'm working through with the spirituality piece. Um, I did also want to talk briefly about boundaries. I think I covered everything I wanted to say about that. The service to self, service to others, control versus surrender. Yeah, it's like... I really think that the crux of all spirituality is paradox. So whenever I come into a zone like this, I'm, I know I'm doing spiritual work. And, oh, I know what I wanted to say. This is the last thing I'll say about this. It's in my book. I had a dream like a, over a decade ago that I was sitting in front of Rihanna, or she was sitting in front of me, and we were in this dark space, and she was sitting in front of a candle and she told me, I'm not after fame or fortune or any of those things. I'm here to elevate the vibration of the universe. So I've been borrowing that phrase from Dream Rihanna because I think it's beautiful. I think it's so like encapsulates that, I, that difference between service to self and service to others without sacrificing higher self, without sacrificing your own needs. And if you're someone who is listening that like struggles with selflessness and, you know, giving too much, I think that that can be like a useful tool. Like, is this action elevating the vibration of the universe or am I just moving this person's suffering onto me? So something to think about. All right. That feels complete now. Um, boundaries. This is our next little topic. This one's really short. All I really wanted to say about this is as I have learned to have better boundaries as an adult, this is my, 
one of my favorite things to do is not explain why my boundary is my boundary, especially if it's not an appropriate situation to explain that. For instance, if someone asks me to cover their shift at work or if I'm being asked to like go to a function that I just like don't want to go to, I just say no at this point. I don't have the space for that. No, thank you for the invite, but I can't this time. Let me know if there's future events that maybe I want to go to. I was back home this weekend and I was in LA and I had this like moment with my family where someone asked me to do something and they, they didn't ask me. They told me what we were doing and it wasn't something that I had agreed to doing. And I'm at this point, I'm at, I'm 36 years old and anytime someone in my family does that, I feel like I'm just a little baby again. And they're telling me, they're treating me like a pet and they're like, you're coming with us to this thing now. Um, and I had not heard of this thing. I had already made it really clear to them that I only had a limited amount of energy and space for this like particular group. And I was just like, at first I felt really upset that they kind of painted me into that corner. And then I realized like, I am 36. I don't have to say yes to this just because they're in their mind, not giving me an option and sort of angling it as though I should feel guilty if I don't have the space for it. The fact is I know intuitively, I know energetically that like this is my boundary and I don't want to go there. I want to go do this other thing. So I was able to take a pause, take a walk. I called um, my sponsor. I have a sponsor now, another great part of AA. And I was able to just sit with this family member and be like, hey, so I appreciate this invitation, but I don't have the space or energy for that at the moment. And that was it. I didn't explain what else I was going to go do. I didn't explain why I didn't have the space or the energy. I didn't make it about, I didn't tell them that I felt upset and offended that they just assumed that I would do what they wanted me to do without checking in with me. It was just super simple. I don't, I can't do that right now. The end. So that's really powerful if you're someone who is used to feeling like you have to justify every decision you make to protect your, your boundaries and your energy. And I know that's something that a lot of, a lot of massage, a lot of healers in general and people who care a lot about other people's feelings tend to do. You want to explain like, oh, well, I can't do this because blah, 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 blah. like it doesn't, you don't owe people that explanation. And that actually just complicates things and it allows people to start poking holes in your reasoning. And it's just unnecessary. So that's that on boundaries. Final segment, all I want to talk about is body stuff for a moment. We have these instruments that we live inside as these spirits looking out of these eyes, these meat suits, right? Um, I spend so much time like thinking about the human body and how to, you know, exist in it. I feel so uncomfortable sometimes in my body. So I think that that's why like I spend so much time trying to feel more comfortable in it. And two things have been so helpful for me in my healing process 
that I absolutely encourage anybody who's struggling or who like wants to do deeper work with themselves. One is rest and one is movement. Knowing when to do each thing. I did not realize until well into my 30s, honestly, that I didn't ever have to be exhausted. Like maybe there are some circumstances, like for instance, this weekend I had to take a red eye and, you know, I was traveling and it was like a really quick trip and stuff. Even then, like I got plenty of sleep. I was able to rest a lot. I took really good care of myself. And these days, like I work nights, I wake up really early. I do my writing. I do my meditation. I do my journaling or my um, working out. I maybe see a friend for coffee. Maybe I go to a meeting. And then I take a nap, but like my nap time is so hardcore at 1.30. I do not, like, I could be mid-conversation with someone and be like, I gotta go um, because I'm going to take my nap. And learning to give myself space in the middle of the day to rest my body, I go into work with like a completely different attitude and I don't feel exhausted. Maybe at the end of the day, I feel like nice and tired in this like good way where I just like expended my energy and I'm ready to sleep again, but I'm not going in where I feel like this like incredible, overwhelming, like, oh my God, I'm going to die. So, and I haven't felt that way in a long time, which is just awesome. And I, I've had multiple occasions where I've done a ceremony uh, when I did ayahuasca when I was younger. This is one of the major things my guides told me. I think it came up in Bufo too. It's come up in a lot of ceremonies for me that my guides are like, you need to rest a lot. And that doesn't mean that you're sick and it doesn't mean that you're lazy. It just means that you process a lot of energy and it requires a lot of rest, dreaming, um, recovery. I also work out a lot and giving myself that space to just get in bed and totally cocoon and feel supported has radically changed my mental health. If you're not sure, like for, oh, the last thing, one thing I want to say before I go into like how to get to sleep in the middle of the day and feel rested and then get up and be productive. So I want to challenge anybody who doesn't think that they're being productive by resting. Just do like the smallest amount of research on sleep and dreaming and its effects on productivity. You simply do not function as a human being as well if you are not rested. So you are completely kidding yourself if you think that it's more beneficial to your life, to other people, to yourself, to do things while you're exhausted than it is to create time for yourself to be rested and then tackle your little, your to-do list. Um, so yeah, literally just research productivity and sleep or productivity and dreaming. So many, all, almost all these huge inventions that mankind has come up with have come from states of rest. They've come from people who were either dreaming or were like, I need to solve a problem and they fell half asleep and then they solved the problem. Your, your body just can't function without being properly rested. And I really think that a lot of, obviously a lot of it is programming from our society about productivity. 
and like hustle culture and whatever. But I also think that a lot of it is just people don't know how to subdue their egos in the middle of the day enough to step aside and step out of their anxiety to let the unconscious sort of take the wheel for an hour or 40 minutes or two hours, whatever it is. And so they justify all the reasons that they're not resting or whatever it is, whatever your justifications are for not resting, they're bullshit. They just are. They're just bullshit. So challenge that as those assumptions in yourself, do some research as far as how to get to sleep in the middle of the day. I swear by yoga nidra. So this is a type of meditation. It's a type of yoga in which you set an intention in the beginning, you do a body scan and you induce a hypnotic state of rest within the physical body. You practice lying down, you cover your eyes. You can get so much from a 30 to 30 minute to an hour of yoga nidra for me can feel like sleeping for several hours. And it's one of the only ways I can fall asleep like in the middle of the day because it's this really intentionally crafted, guided way of falling asleep. A, a lot of the practices, you're not actually supposed to f completely fall asleep, but get into a really deep state of rest within the physical body while remaining aware in the mind. To me, like whatever. I'll, I don't mind letting my consciousness wander once I am super rested physically, especially if it feels like my brain is like about to explode when I get into bed, which is a lot of the time. And where you can find those meditations, I really swear by Insight Timer. There's a free version of the app. It has tons of meditations on it, tons of different styles. You can search by time. You can search by all kinds of things. Yoga Nidra, it's Y-O-G-A-N-I-D-R-A. I really want to record some guided yoga nidras at some point, but in the meantime, I know Rachel Brownbridge is one of my favorite teachers in that style of yoga and or that style of meditation, and I really recommend it. I also recommend if you can't, if you don't want to fall completely asleep, but you want to give yourself some time to rest, just any body scan meditation. It's just what, what I mean by body scan is you're bringing your awareness to different parts of your body. Literally just that's it. Like bring your awareness to your pointer finger, middle finger, ring finger, pinky finger, and it brings your presence back into your body so that you're not in the future or in the past. You're not in worry, doubt, fear, anxiety. You are present and that is tremendously um, like beneficial to your physical recovery just on a day-to-day -day basis to bring your energy back into your body. So those were the things I wanted to talk about today. Talked about spirituality, control versus surrender, service to others versus service to self, boundaries, saying no without explanation, and moving your body. Oh, we didn't talk about moving the body, but you know what? I think I'm going to save that because that's like a whole other chapter. I talked about it in my book a little bit, but that's something that I really want to address as far as how to move emotions through the body, through physical movement. And I don't necessarily mean something as, um, like dance or 
like something that is highly organized. I literally sometimes mean just like move it like twitching in a certain way and things like that. But that has to do with like states of trauma in the body and we can go into that at another date. I want to start doing this podcast a lot more often. As usual, you can find me on Instagram at Caitlin D, C-A-I-T-L-I-N-D-E-E-E. That's three E's. You can now get my book, Meditations for Party Girls, at dreamboybook.club. And just go to store, and it's going to be in the books there. I really appreciate all the support that I've gotten for the book, and I'm going to start to do little tour dates. I'm coming to L.A. again August 25th. And I'm going to be doing a reading at Stories with some awesome people. Sarah Potter is going to be there. from She does the astrology and horoscopes for Cosmopolitan. She's going to be doing like this magical invocation that's catered specifically like meditations for party girls on theme. So that's going to be really cool. Jonathan is going to be there from Dream Boy Book Club. Lots of Dream Boy Book Club people are going to be there. I'm really excited to get back to L.A. and see some friends. And... I'm going to end it there. I hope you guys have a very cool day.